right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Nick's Sports Talk with your host, Nick Scortino. So today, we're going to be doing something a little bit different. Um, instead of talking all about these different sports topics and everything like that, we're going to focus strictly on one thing that's happened so far this week, and that is the European Super League, the uprise and downfall of this league and the uh, implications it's had all across Europe and everything else. So to start things off, uh, this Super League was started by uh, Fiorentino Perez, who is um, Real Madrid's uh, president. And the teams that had accepted it were Arsenal, Chelsea, Liverpool, Manchester City, Manchester United, Tottenham Hotspurs, um, Barcelona, Real Madrid, and Atletico Madrid, and Juventus, Inter Milan, and AC Milan. All these teams had accepted it, and this was what seemed to be a ploy to get UEFA and FIFA to uh, pay the teams a little bit more for uh, this new format of Champions League. But um, what it boiled down to was it was just a a crazy 48 hours of what happened when uh, this was all announced. So... The uh, Super League was set to offer each team around $426 million uh, each if they join. And um, UEFA countered it by offering uh, some other money in, uh, to the teams that weren't... Um, UEFA countered it by offering money to the teams that they felt that they could uh, sway them back to rejoining uh, Champions League and everything like that. And UEFA was successful with uh, helping pull out the um, the English clubs, but the but as of right now, Real Madrid and Barcelona are only two left. So this everything unfolded, everything that unfolded throughout these last you know few days has been mind-boggling because like all this came out of nowhere. You know, it literally came out of nowhere, and all of a sudden, boom, Super League of the top teams from England, Spain, Italy, and it was crazy to think that it was just those countries. Like, they didn't really offer it to anybody, any of the other countries, and the problem with this was that they made it seem like it was more of a money grab than anything else than really trying to set, send a message to FIFA and UEFA to change things. And, well, it essentially was a money grab for some people, for some owners and everything like that who have faced a lot of backlash. Uh, Jose Mourinho was a casualty in this. He lost his uh, uh, managerial job at Tottenham. Ed Woodward uh, w- resigned from Manchester United. And, you know, a lot of crazy things happened and, you know, the other thing was um, Bayern Munich's uh, CEO spoke out and said, essentially, uh, he didn't believe that the, uh, the Super League would solve any financial problems of European clubs. Um, and he figured that um, he trusts the Champions League and believed that uh, the changes for Champions League, which were, um, they're going to, so... He believed that the changes that they're making to Champions League were going to be beneficial to Champions League as a whole. And the changes that they made were 
The group stage is now replaced by a 36-team league. There are two slots for clubs with the highest UEFA uh, coefficient who missed out on UCL qualification. Every team will play 10 games, um, fixtures determined by a seeding system based on historic performance. Top eight seeds in the league phase will qualify automatically for the knockout stage. Those sides placed between 9th and 24th will enter a playoff round, and the number of matches in the competition increased from 125 to 225. I agree with this with this um, move to increase champions because it gives some other teams uh, more opportunities to go into this tournament and, and uh, play and get the exposure they need. But I don't think this is a bad move by UEFA, expanding everything, you know, making it, uh, like, changing it up a little bit. I think it was a great idea, but it did not resonate very well with with the players. A lot of players spoke out, and rightfully so. I mean, uh, UEFA was talking about banning them internationally and uh, pulling them out of you know the Euros, the World Cup. If you were associated with one of the twelve clubs in the Super League, you weren't allowed to do that. Uh, they were going to pull out. UEFA was going to pull out the uh, Real Madrid, Chelsea, and. Um, Manchester City out of the uh, Champions League semifinals, which are uh, going to be happening, uh, I believe, this week, uh, next week. And, you know, it was just a whole big mess caused by Fiorentino Perez and these teams accepting the invite. And a lot of the uh, owners of the teams have issued an apology to um, the fans because the fans played a huge role in stopping this, but a lot of things, like Fiorentino Perez is just essentially a crazy person at this point. Like a few things he said, one of them was, everything I do is for the good of, of football. We created this Super League to save football, but football didn't need saving. He's essentially, he's essentially trying to Americanize a sport that doesn't need to be Americanized. He was talking about um, shortening the matches and... Um, playing like all over the world and everything like that and it's just like there's no need to americanize the beauty of soccer it's a beautiful sport a beautiful game you it's amazing to watch but why all of a sudden do you want to do this now and the other thing he said was, we have to think about why 16 to 24-year-olds are no longer interested in, in football. If young people don't watch an entire game, it's because it isn't interesting enough or because we we have to shorten the games. Like, that right there, I think plenty of people 16 to 24, like, me and my friends love to sit down and watch soccer matches all the time. And especially this year, this summer, the Euros are back, the Olympics are back, and... um. The World Cup is in uh, a year. Like I don't. I think a lot of people are going to be more interested in soccer when you have more things going on. But obviously, I don't think. I don't think that. I think a lot of kids still play soccer and still want to play soccer. And I think that that comment is just horrendous. Um, then you know you have. Um, One second. So then you have uh, uh, like former players like David Beckman spoke out and said, I'm someone who loves football. It has changed my life. It, it has been in my life for so long. Uh, I can remember, as long as I can remember, 
I loved it from when I was a young child as a fan, and I'm still a fan now. As a player and now an owner, I know that our sport is nothing without the fans. We need football to be for everyone. We need football to be fair, and we need competitions based on merit. Unless we protect these values, the game we love is in danger. That right there is probably the best comment from a former player that you could possibly have because he hits he hits the nail right on the head. You don't want to ostracize the fans and you know screw up everybody's fan base and everything that you know the club has built and you also need football to be fair. You can't just create a super league of the top top teams in all of Europe. Like you can't do that. That's just not fair to any all these other clubs. And a bunch of other people were saying how um you know, uh, something like in the Premier League, um, these players, these smaller clubs, will kind of feed off of the you know the top six clubs in the, the Premier League because the the money will eventually trickle down to these these you know lower teams in the Premier League and they'll get the money that they need to sign players and make renovations to their stadiums and update their facilities, things like that. And if you take those out, the smaller clubs are going to essentially die and they won't exist anymore so what i'm what i'm trying to say is that the taking these teams out of their individual domestic leagues will ruin everything and luckily that they they realized that because it was absurd that they even thought that it wouldn't um that and uh, a few of the the Premier League and the FA are. This is a, a a rumor about something that might happen, but they might actually end up punishing the uh, individual owners instead of the clubs uh, for accepting this invite without really do, without saying anything. So, I think that is a, a fair punishment because these these owners are just money hungry. Uh, it's it's insane. They're all billionaires, and all they want is more money and more money. And I think that's honestly one of the biggest problems in all of sports nowadays, especially is you get these owners. They take over uh, your favorite team, club, organization, uh, whatever it may be, and they don't do anything to really help it uh, survive or be successful or anything like. Um, the best example I can think of right now is Arsenal. Uh, Stan uh, Kroenke, I could be saying his name wrong, and uh, that's fine. He's got a weird last name to begin with. Um, he owns um, Arsenal, the Denver Nuggets, the Colorado Avalanche, the Colorado Rapids, and a few other teams. But it's like Arsenal is right now in like the middle of the Premier League. They barely ha- – they have been starting to spend more money uh, more recently, but haven't really spent a lot of money in the, in the past because he hasn't allowed them to essentially. But if he just provided them the financials they needed to help out and get the players they need, get a coach they need do, do whatever they need to do, they could be a, a fantastic team, but he never did that because he focused more on, um, he also owns the Los Angeles Rams. He, he focused more on the Rams, the Nuggets, the Avalanche, all these other teams, but not focusing on Arsenal. And that's that's one of the problems that uh, has been horrendous in sports this uh, not just this year, but 
for the last uh, like decade, and now fans are starting to protest these owners because they don't give a crap about the the, the team that they're they own. And there's been a few protests at Arsenal. There's been a few protests at Manchester United since uh, Ed Woodward left, and the uh, Glazer family had said that they're not selling. But um, it's just a whole crazy thing that that's happened. But it, the, the the one positive to, to take away from all this is that the fans and the media and everything had essentially helped kill this Super League from starting up and all this stuff happening, which I think is something great to see that the fans and people listen to the fans and everything like that. So it really helped um, propel these teams to be like, hey, maybe we shouldn't do this and maybe we should just continue to, to do what we want to do, like, you know, continue to be in the Premier League, the uh, Serie A, the, and uh, those other leagues that were... Um, in it as well, but it was it was very cool to see the fans ha- uh, let their voices be heard and the media and f- you know past players and everything like that. I I really loved that they were able to s- send such a strong signal to Fiorentino Perez and these uh, and their owner, the club owners of the teams they wanted to be pulled out. And it was just, it was really cool to see all that unfold and happen. And I love that it did because if the fans didn't voice their opinions on this, this might still be going through. And right now, uh, Barcelona and Real Madrid are the only two that uh, teams that are left in the uh, Super League right now. Um, Fiorentino Perez has essentially said that it's not dead. Um, and. He's still going out and saying that, um, you know, it's not dead. The teams that left need to pay a fine, stuff like that. And um, he's just, as my one friend put it last night, my friend Andy, he said that he's essentially senile because it's... (laughs) I, I, I I I don't know where to go anymore from this. Like, you know, he keeps trying to beat a dead horse that's non-existent anymore. It's just hit the club that he's the president of and their rival. And like he's saying, um, like, all 12 clubs are still on board. No one left. But the only the only thing that will change is uh, the Champions League. The domestic leagues are untouchable. And it's like he's f- starting this war with UEFA and I... I get UEFA and FIFA are very corrupt organizations to begin with, but um, the fines and uh, punishments that they were going to hand out if these teams all went through with it were was not worth it for anybody to join this, even even for the four hundred and twenty six million dollars. And I'm just happy that this was axed. And that it's non-existent as of now for the moment. But I feel like if they try to not focus on all the money and try to actually focus on the sport, they, that something like a Super League could exist. But I feel like the way they, they did this and the way that it went about really ruined 
the uh, integrity of soccer for a few days. And I'm happy that now the fans, uh, the owners are taking uh, action for their, um, are taking responsibility for their actions. And I really, really like that they have reworked everything with UEFA and gotten everything settled and ready to go again. And I'm happy soccer's going to return. I'm I'm excited for this new version of Champions League. I'm excited to see who will win Champions League uh, in the next few few weeks. And that pretty much wraps up this week about uh, European Soccer League. Um, so thank you for listening and have a good night.